always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Hi Bobby fans and welcome to the PO Forecast episode 21 well, not going to lie, it's been a little bit of a tough week after having to watch that game at the weekend, but we'll move on. We'll try and be positive in this episode. So, part one, we will be reviewing the Blackpool game as well as we can. Very swiftly. <laughs> as swiftly as possible. In part two, we'll be doing match debate and we'll also be doing some transfer talk. And in part three, we'll be previewing the Oxford game. Yeah. Not Interesting topic yeah. this week. Yeah, I know. I'm not a fan of Oxford, no. which we'll get to later on. Yeah. And to be honest, let's just get into the Blackpool one, Matt. Let's yeah. just fly into it. Yeah. There's so many talking points. What a game. What a game. <laughs> what a game, yeah. So, 11 minutes for the first shot. Just terrible. And obviously, you've just seen it. it dragged towards the corner flag. So, yeah. pretty much sums up the game. Um, even more exciting, we didn't have a shot in the first half at all. I mean, when you're at home, that's what people pay their money for, isn't it, Matt? That's it, mate. It's worth, worth everything. Worth absolutely everything. So, the goal, you, the, the Chris Long goal for Blackpool. What is Dion Donahue doing in left-back, Matt? Because he, I mean, as you were saying earlier on, Ronan Curtis can be a little bit suspect at tracking back, marking his man when, when the ball's coming over the top. But Dion Donahue had absolutely lost his man at the back yeah. post. To be fair to Dion, everyone had a completely yeah. shocking game you know it's not he's not singling him out but when you're just talking through this one play you think he's lost him isn't he he has and and unfortunately he's kind of got sucked towards the ball a little bit um i think it didn't really help the center backs were a little bit out of position yeah um so he kind of dragged himself over to go and cover that but didn't see the man behind a free shot goal really wasn't it to be honest with you in terms of our chances anton walks so i'm going to give you a little clap yeah yeah, definitely. I um, thought that was a great ball in the box. It was a lovely yeah, ball, yeah. Just crosses it in from the right-hand side, swings in. The angle's great. The pace yeah. on it's great. All you need is a striker who knows where the net is. Uh, this is where Hugh gets <laughs> critical of uh, Mr Pittman. I just think that is a weak header, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is. It, it, I mean, from that distance as well. I mean, last season, come on. How many times did we see him from just outside the 18-yard box loop headers over the top? Yeah, you know? precisely. And from six yards... Straight at the keeper. The keeper didn't even have to move. It was like it was almost like his defender had nodded, nodded it back, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the frustrating Matt Clark effort as well. I mean, he's a centre back, no matter how skilled he is. And you just he, what he's done is uh, there were so many times in that game where we sort of, if we did get on the they just blasted it over. Or yeah. you know, Jamal Lowe had a chance, and I think he sort of like tried to clear the threat and end. He, I think he pretty much did by the yeah, way. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. So I think, I think Matt Clark's thinking there is get it on target. Yeah, no, totally. I think if he'd maybe waited half a split second for it to come down just that little bit more, I think you're looking at probably a better shot on target there. But I mean, the keeper had to, to work for it. He pushed it out for a corner, did he? Or is it followed up by Jamal Lowe somewhere along yeah. the line? But yeah, I mean, nothing impressive. I mean, what, what do you make here of the talk about Ben Thompson kind of leaving and being the cause of, of the downfall that weekend as such. 
I don't know. I mean, obviously he's missed in midfield, let's be honest. But I think sometimes when you've got an instrumental player like that who pulls the strings in midfield, do you know what I mean? Like week in, week out. Yeah. Um, and everyone gets used to him playing in that in that sort of position. Yeah. And then you take him out. He's sort of like removing the heartbeat in a way of a team. Yeah. And Gareth Evans, great player. Yeah. And I actually was talking about him ducking yeah. into defensive midfield. Yeah. But it just, he felt, looked out of place, didn't he? He did. And, you know, Kenny's come out this week and said that Andre Green playing uh, centre attacking midfield was a, was a gamble that hasn't quite played off. I mean, there was no reason for it to not at least have a go at it. You know, no. Green's played, you know, some Czech trade trophies, FA Cup appearances, he scored goals, he's got into some good positions. I didn't see it being that bad, in all honesty. Um, he got dragged off in the second half for Andy Cannon, wasn't it? Who I actually thought, let's get on to the Cannon. Yeah. Pow, 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 pow. Pow, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have any shots fired, though, um, from the Cannon this no. week. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. There you go, Greg, that's one for you. Um, <laughs> we need to get a Cannon sound, by the way. So if he does score, we can just do a light the Cannon. We can go light oh, the Cannon. Right. So we're going to go, like, American now, are That's we? it, yeah. Matt. Yeah, right. <laughs> Goal horns in hockey. That's and, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will uh, appreciate that. <coughs> Dan Shaw. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I know he's a big fan of pyrotechnics before the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he came on and he, he, he didn't do himself any harm. His performance, he worked hard. He battled. He looked lively, well. didn't he? He did look lively. Um, and we'll talk about um, a potential other option for the next game later on in the show when we go through transfer talk I think that if you have another midfielder who comes in and stuff and you can look at at the cannon and you think he can play there yeah. or or Evans can obviously go back into that role in attacking midfield because you know he suits that role yeah I mean I, I think based on all season I think his performances it, it you know it showing his the amount of goals he's got from that position I think you know maybe he just doesn't feel as comfortable driving forward while he's in that centre midfield role, he also he also tried to drive the ball forward and lost the ball. Do you remember yeah. in that it was sort of a clearance? He tried to clear it out. Yeah, he just tried to run it out, but he didn't have. He the... got dispossessed, didn't he? Yeah. And, I mean, all right, the shot was wild. It, it, it almost cleared the Milton end, but I just I don't know if it, for me if it works. I know a lot. There was a lot of doubters about it. I think Gareth Evans. You're right. I agree with you. I think he's got the engine to play in that role, and I think he he can do it well but then you just take away his energy and his driving forward with the ball and his He's shots. constantly having to think about marking maybe and you know what I mean position in that sort of way Yeah, and do you lose that ability when you've played that position you haven't had to do it as much throughout the season do you then think you slightly lose that ability to, to drop back in and Forget about going forward and actually mark your man and watch what you're doing. Yeah, I think you can. I think if you're always thinking about attacking yeah. all the time, and which is what you need to be doing in attacking midfield and how you're going to create opportunities, yeah. and then you go, right, I'm playing a defensive role. Yeah, no, and then you and So then you go, right, I've got to put that first. And you, that's always on your mind, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. No, of course it is. Um, yeah, I mean, we will talk about it later. There, there has been another signing this week for Mumpy and... Maybe that will resolve the issues. Hopefully so. We'll, we, as I said, we'll discuss that mm -hmm. a little bit more. But, I mean, for me, ultimately, and I think for you as well, a striker is, is desperately needed down at Fratton Park. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, you said to me on Saturday that uh, you were listening to the uh, live radio commentary and Guy Whittingham said quite early on that Ollie Hawkins yeah, was you said the perfect fit for that game. Yeah, it's just, you just got to think about it that... For me, again, 
if we had Hawkins, we would be able to get the ball at least in, in the right positions, in possession, able to push out. And we would, no doubt in my mind, have had a shot on target in that first half if Hawkins was playing up front. Yeah, I mean, you see how much long ball was going in from Donahue, from Walks on the other yeah, side. Yeah, hoof to Pittman doesn't work, mate. No, it doesn't. I mean, at the moment, not a lot works for Pittman at all, to be honest with you, in my opinion. I mean, this, this is... Not to say that Pittman can't score goals because we all know he can. He's been there, he's done yeah. it, he scored 25 goals. But for me this season, he just looks off the pace, unfortunately. And and I just feel like he's lacking so much confidence in front of goals. We said earlier, that chance for six yards. I mean, last season, that that's hitting the net. Yeah, no doubt. You just, you just want the ball to fall to him there and you need a goal. And I think, to be honest with you, I mean, a lot of people have said Jamal's looked a little bit sort of out of the game the last couple of weeks. Is that down to Hawkins, not feeding the ball up to Jamal, not you know taking it down for him, laying it off, flicking it on for him? Definitely for me it is. Yeah, of know. course. When you've got attacking midfielders behind a striker and the service drives up to them. Mm. I mean, even like yesterday, here's a good example. Think about the time of goals you've got when McGilvery has just kicked the ball long yeah. and Hawkins has like, nodded it down for someone. Yeah. Now, it's not the style of football you want to play, but if other options aren't working, if you're missing Ben Thompson in centre midfield yeah. to play that neat drive-out play football, yeah. then you need to be able to mix it up. And that's what they're doing. They were like, right, it's not working middle midfield now. We need to change this up. We need to mix it up. Yeah. All right, we'll try a long ball. Do we need anything to get the ball out of our half and forward in, into dangerous positions? I mean, I think the thing for me here that hurt the most really in, in this game... Um, was the fact that this was Blackpool's first win in six, um, which is so disappointing. You know, you've come away from Carrow Road, second in the championship. All right, I mean, we we were a little bit critical of the performance just between us, but it was still hard fought and there was no foot wrong at the back. But, I mean, from what I've seen of the Blackpool game, it just looked shambolic, in my opinion. I mean, the only thing I'm, I think is quite pleasing, really, is that for those Blackpool fans who travelled down, because... They have a really tough time at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, on a massive losing streak, travelling all the way down to Pompey, it must have been like, we're going to get battered. Yeah, but I mean, they came Fair down. Fair play to them. You know, and, and I mean, it, it, again, they're, as you said, they're in a, in a bit of a dire situation. So, I mean, I suppose the only positive that we can say is well done, Blackpool. Yeah, Come away with three points from, you know, top of the table. On, on a good note, which kind of rescued us a little bit, and this is why I've sort of chuckled to myself with the social media outpour of, you know, devastation hits, you know, is that Luton and Sunderland, you know, pulled out a point between them, which was what everybody was hoping for from them. Yeah, anyone with any sense was thinking that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and it happened. So, you know, the 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 gap isn't as desperate. And, and if you will look back around the Boxing Day period where we lost at Gillingham, Luton won, Sunderland won. The gap, it was down to four points at that stage. And then it broke again to seven. Yeah. And especially with Nathan Jones leaving Luton, I think the gap can be stretched. Sunderland, obviously, we've said all season they're going to be concerned. And the amount of times I've seen people say, Sunderland are going to win the league this year. Undoubtedly, no matter what the situation. Squad depth, money. I mean, they're looking to bring in Will Green. Netflix January. show. Yeah, Netflix show, funded. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... the. It, it, it's ultimate that a club like Sunderland should really be winning League One. But they've I'm, still got they've know. still got parachute payments from the Premier League. Well, yeah, you know. they've got. I mean, I mean, obviously this is not the greatest time in some ways, but they're playing League Catamol forty grand a week. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, and apparently took a pay cut to be nice to the club in League One. Oh, great, yeah, yeah. So you've got to think though the kind of money they can pay pay players. 
you know, they should be at the top, but yeah. at the same time, money is not always the thing that wins games. So exactly, and and this is why for me now, it's so important that this doom and gloom stops. It's it's not going to encourage anybody with this continuous. We've lost three league games this season. Fourth, isn't it? Fourth, yeah, four four league yeah. games. It's not really doom and gloom, is it? Come on. Think back to last season, how many games we lost at home at Fratton Park. Yeah, I know. Silly, stupid games. All right, this was a silly, stupid game. But it hasn't happened often, and therefore, I'm not panicking. You know, Luton are going to lose this weekend. We're going to win. Oh, fun, funny enough, you know, gaps back up to seven points. I mean, I'll be honest, Luton losing Nathan Jones is such a big, big, big deal to them. You know, he's taken them up out of out of League Two. He's got them promoted. He's got them playing his brand of football that they bought into his style. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Stoke have come along and gone, we'll have some of that. Thank you very much. I bet they weren't saying that last night when they crashed out to Shrewsbury in the FA Cup replay. Well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, yeah. It was was a poor game, poor performance. Nobody stood out, really, overly for me. And I think we just have to, to class it as another one of those let's forget about this and move on drive forward let's get the recruitment going over January hopefully someone will come in Hawkins comes back Thompson comes back Brown comes back and suddenly we're back to full strength again and yeah. hopefully we'll fire on cylinders I think you can see as well that the only thing I was thinking about right about us bouncing back is listening to Gareth Evans talk with James Robbins on Express FM go back and listen to it if you haven't it's on Apple Podcasts Express FM the football hour yeah Basically, he was saying to Gareth Evans, after the Gillingham game, you know, how did you guys feel? And he said that they were so down. And, you know, they had lost hardly any games all season. Yeah. He said they were devastated going back on the bus, you know. Mm. He said that we need to be a bit more resilient than that. Yeah. Because you can't be that down when you've, you know. But at the same time, it just shows how much they care and that sort of winning culture. Yeah, no, completely. Between the players. Yeah. And I've got no doubt in my mind that, you know, Gareth Evans is talking about that then. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the senior players, him and whoever else you want to mention right now, they'll be firing the team back up to get out there and have a great performance on Saturday. I mean, and what better fixture can you ask for than Oxford away? Who are rock bottom? Obviously, we'll talk about that later on in the yeah. show again. But it's a good fixture to have, and it's definitely a good fixture to to come and bounce back from what was unfortunately quite a poor performance, but not season destroying, and in my opinion. So everyone, just slow down, chill, chill out, do whatever makes you chilled. Keep calm, it's Pompey. <laughs> Keep calm, it's pumping. <laughs> you love it. You love it. <laughs> Matt likes tea. All right. Yeah, all right. Cool. Right. We'll play some sort of funky jingle and we'll be back into part two. Welcome back to part two of the PO Forecast. And if it sounds a little bit different, it's because we're currently recording in Matt's cupboard, pretty much. <laughs> Under the stairs. Under the stairs. I feel like fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> but anyway, let's go straight back into it. Transfer talk. Here we are, Matt. We've got some good news, Pompey fans. We've signed a midfielder. Yeah, Uncle Brin. <laughs> Uncle Brin. <laughs> Uncle Brin has joined Ports. Unfortunately for the Gavin and Stacey narrative, those you know we're on about, he's actually not Welsh. Nope. But on the upside, he's played for England. In fact, he's captained England from the under-16 level to the under-20 level. He's come from Shrewsbury, which is pretty much Wales, but apparently it's England. And we have signed Bryn Morris. Yes. So, I mean, it was a bit of a still, really, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. The news was that he'd already signed for Luton. Or the paperwork had been done. It was all agreed. All all agreed. Everything was ready to go until Mr. Jones, the actual Welsh man of all this, this transfer dealing, actually 
jogged on to Stoke um, and the deal collapsed and we've really profited from this in, in my opinion from what I've been reading what highlights I've seen from him he did only score three goals at Wickham this season Yeah, but coincidentally one of them was at Fratton Park at the Fratton always is isn't it always is but I've, well, I've saw him in the news and he's basically been saying that he can come in and play four number four he's yeah. like I feel really comfortable there um, I saw it was talked about him being not really a defensive midfielder but a playmaker who can play in that holding role yeah so I think that's what we missed actually in the last game. We missed someone who can move the ball forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he likes to to kind of get a little bit forward as well, but he does drop off the the sort of play a little bit, and he does create space and find space. And me and you were screaming for this at Carrow Road. So yeah, we needed someone who's going to just sort of pull the defenders away. Sort of interesting. Does that now pave the way for Danny Rose to to disappear off to Crawley Town? Yeah, I think he does actually. I think that yeah. I think. We've got him, we've got Andy Cannon in. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> yeah, so I think that really does pave the way. In fact, I thought he was going to go already, but he's, Danny's still here, so you know, yeah. good for him. So the club, and um, wish him all the best. But yeah. I think this is a good opportunity now for him to to move on. Yeah, definitely. So for those of you that didn't see or don't remember the the Bryn Morris goal for Wickham at, at Fratton Park, I mean, it, it does sum up his play. He played a cheeky little one-two just on the edge of the area, it comes back to him centrally, sort of angles himself up and sort of bends it into that bottom right-hand corner. Lovely finish. He said that he, something he's been working on. He does want to score a little bit more and he was hoping for that when he went to Wickham. I think he was a little bit disappointed that he only got the three. But as you said, it's not so much his game. His game is to to play that number four role and really hold that midfield. And I think hopefully... As we were discussing in part one, that will then allow Gareth Evans to jump back into his natural yeah. position of centre attacking midfield. So I hear that there's a couple of nicknames being thrown around for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Pompey Zavi. Pompey Zavi, love yeah. that. So, so we've got uh, Matt Messi Clark and uh, Bryn Zavi Morris. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Just holding in that role, just sitting there, dictating the tempo, getting the passes out. Because Zavi never sat forward. You always had Iniesta forward. Yeah. Or Gareth Iniesta Evans. Gareth Iniesta <laughs> Evans. I mean, to, to be brutally honest with you, he, he does move the ball quickly, which, yeah. which is something that I think we've desperately needed. We've been quite sluggish in midfield of recent weeks. Mm-hmm. The ball's been quite slow. We've got a little bit lost in midfield. And, and when we have, the option's been punt it, just just drill it into and the hope box it and just hope someone... A goal out. Yeah, you know, and, and that was the story of the weekend against Blackpool, in all honesty, for me. So it's a really, really positive signing, I think, from Kenny Jacket. A lot, I've seen a lot of people say, I'm not another midfielder. We don't need another midfielder. We need a striker. Well... Pompey fans, even. Well, Pompey. Well, Talking Pompey directly at you, Pompey. Directly at you. <laughs> you, Pompey. No, I mean, we, we can actually now uh, move on from Brent and actually... Um, I mean, what's that? it was a shrewd signing. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Right, so, um, Strikers. There's been an article uh, out on Pompey News now. And we have to get a striker. We do. It is... Pivotal. It's <laughs> putting that out there. Before we start talking about strikers, Kenny Jacket, if you are so bored that you're listening to us too, <laughs> get yourself out there, son, and sign a striker. So it sounds like we have been um, 
out there as such. There was um, reports that we had been spotted out in Portugal, of not, all places. Not just on the holiday, apparently. Yeah, no, no, no. We were at the Braga Aves Cup game, mm-hmm. which I believe ended 2 0 to Braga. I think the Portuguese... But Pompey was scouting Braga. Well, see, this is the thing. The, the Portuguese newspaper that reported this have said that they don't believe any Braga players would drop down to the third tier of English football. Fair enough. I mean, I remember a time Braga used to be in the Champions League, but I haven't heard from them for about <laughs> 10 years, so it can't no. be that magic. But, um, the talk is of uh, a lad from Arves who played up front. Apparently, he, he had a, quite an interesting game, had the best chances to, to, to pull back a goal for them. Didn't quite happen, so it sounds like a typical Pompey signing. Yeah, that sounds like a goer. Now, was it... Delino, that we said? Yeah. Yeah, Delino, um, I think was his name. And this uh, Portuguese newspaper that broke this news have said that they will be keeping an eye out on Alves um, and seeing if there's any activity from Pompey. So so if you hear anything from the Portuguese media, there might be something in it. Yeah. And um, obviously, moving on from that, recent weeks, much to, to a lot of Pompey fans... Happiness. There was links with uh, Dave Nugent. I mean, that was that was one that I know everyone jumps jump for joy. Yeah, I mean, Nugent's also prolific for us, isn't he, Matt? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you know it, it's another difficult one for me because I loved his work rate. The guy yeah, just same. ran, 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 ran. But at the time, he he was just going through that really poor patch of his career, wasn't he? he wasn't scoring goals. But since what about that England goal? Oh, come on, mate. What, the one that he stole one off cap, the line? One goal. One cap, one goal, Andorra, stolen off Jermaine Defoe, trickling towards the look, line. Look, Jermaine Defoe didn't have enough pace on that shot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I remember that game. I think me and you were in Walkabout and Croydon at the yeah. time, mate, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, interestingly enough, they're sort of, I think, very like rumours. I, I 100% know that Dave Nugent isn't on his way. He um, came off the bench for Sheffield United on the weekend. I so, think Andrew Mood actually said it wasn't happening as well. Yeah. Um, and I think, obviously, a lot of Pompey fans sort of be happy about that. Yeah. Uh, my own opinion, would have maybe been a good squad player, but definitely not a starter for us. So, um, basically... Moving on to that, there's I mean, been some further good news in terms of oh, internal signings. Here we go. Jack Watmore has... Not signed a contract. No, not yet. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Wait a sec, let me guess again. Nathan Thompson. Has not signed a contract. Uh, no, no. All right, then. Craig McGilvery? Signed a contract. That's it. Big Craig. He's back, people. Yeah, so... It's a contract till 2021 with an option for a further year on top of that. So 2022. Nice. So you'll be 40 then, mate. Nice one. Yeah. 40. (laughs) And that'll make you 41, yeah? Yeah, yeah, joke (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that's really good news. As Hugh said, unfortunately, there is no news on Jack Watmore yet. If, again, any of you listen to the Gareth Evans interview on the Football Hour... No such news as that, although apparently he has had some positive talks with the club. Positive talks, although the club has tried to come out and say that they've tabled some sort of deals to them. Yeah, I mean... Oh, oh you got to say this has got to be going on, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think this is always something that comes out of a club during contract talks, especially with, you know, players that are, are desperately wanting to be signed by the fans. 
you know, there's always that sort of edge, isn't there? They can't be like, there. no, not spoke to him, not offered him anything. Yeah, yeah, of course. And especially, I mean, it must have been difficult for Gareth going on the football hour and getting these questions thrown at him. I mean, he's, he's obviously just tried to do the best he can in that instance. And he, he seemed to shy away from a couple of James's questions. So hey, take a listen on that. It was um, a really good uh, interview, actually. Um, now, Q. Yeah. Mate, do you know what time it is? I know what time it is. It's time for Mads Debate. That's right, Pompey fans, it's time for Mads Debate. And this week we'll be asking, if Pompey were to bring a striker to the club in January, let's fucking hope they do, <laughs> would a player with EFL experience be a better fit, or would gambling on a European player be worthwhile? So, I mean, it nicely sort of leads on to the conversation we were just having. Indeed. There has been a lot of... EFL links and I, and I did put the question out to you guys earlier well quite late this evening actually so there hasn't been a ginormous response but I did put the question out as to who you guys would really want in what sort of player you want in you know and I think you want a kinder don't you Matt John Akinde, mate, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln legends at least we'd never miss a pen again mate you know I'd be alright in that instance <laughs> yeah I mean for me I think I think this I don't, I don't, I mean, the EFL experience would obviously come in handy, definitely for me, on a personal opinion. I think someone who knows how to get goals in this league would, would be hugely beneficial. If this sort of story was true that we were out in Portugal scouting this, you know, Portuguese kiddie, and I mean, it, it's difficult to, to switch from Portuguese football to English third tier football. It's not, you know, they're miles apart from each other. Are they a top Portuguese side, Matt? No. I don't think they are. They're Division 1, aren't they? They are, yeah. They're Division 1 Portuguese. Yeah. So it was a cup game against a top Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so, I mean, it, obviously on that basis, it's hard to judge the result and say, well, he, he missed a few chances. But obviously for him, it was quite a big game. I, I've not even had time to, to try and go on YouTube to see if there's any highlights of the kid. But, I mean, maybe that's something for you probably fans to do. But personally for me, I think... I would personally be looking more down the line of the Mark McNulty's. If there was any truth in Mo Isa possibly coming on loan, I yeah. might take that gamble. You know, unfortunately for Mo Isa, he had such a an absolute amazing season in League Two, jumped League One, went to Championship, and it's just not worked out for him. No, it's not. I don't think that would change his ability to score goals if he was getting permanent football and getting good supply defence right in the championship is such a different kettle of fish yeah. to the league two yeah. I know league one is a jump from league two but it's not the same since the league to the championship you've got all the players that are fed down now from the Premier League into the championship players from abroad that are bought in on big money yeah. so it's not the same you know we saw that Notts Forest spending plus 20 mil mm -hmm. so it's not the same sort of league and as a young striker I think that if you've done well in league two you're much more likely, obviously, but yeah. it transfers better to League One. Yeah, of course it does. Whilst the, it the does. championship is quite a big ask. Is he, he is a non-league football, isn't he? Not long ago. Yeah, yeah. Only, uh, what, two seasons ago. So he only had one season at Cheltenham where yeah. he banged in, I think, 23 goals yeah. in League Two. So, And I know that I think he got about 25, 26 or something in non-league football as well, hence why Cheltenham signed him. So, I mean, the guy does know where the net is. And, you know, he's played lower league football, so he knows the battles and knows how to obviously find space. I know he, he's got a lot of pace to him as well, which is always handy. I think a lot of Pompey fans are screaming out for that at the moment. Yeah. And he's also not too bad in the air as well. So, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of Pompey fans who I've seen this week say, you know, a loan deal would be good. 
But I mean, I think it's the wages. I reckon are probably what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In Bristol City, don't do pay fairly decently. Yeah, I mean, then then obviously not as high as as higher end championship clubs, but I mean they're probably paying more than what we're paying our players at the moment. Yeah. So it's whether they would be happy to split the wages and on a sort of FIFA esque sixty forty percent. I think that if you're them though, you've got to look around and go, we bought this striker. Mm-hmm. He's not playing or performing. He needs to get some games. Or it'd be a wasted investment. Yeah, and then, then you'll put him a load him out. And I mean, what what sort of better place for him to go than than a team top of League One who are heading towards the Championship? Yeah, you know, I I think that would be a really good opportunity for him to show what he's got. So, I mean, much to the fact that I wrote this debate and and I said about European players, I think for me, hands down, it has to be. You know, an EFL player with experience who's scored goals or, in the league, or we go to the Bundesliga. Let's be obvious. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's the fashionable league at the moment. You want a new coach? Where do you look? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then it seems to be working the other way around. English players seem to be shooting out to the Bundesliga at the moment. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That means there's probably a few German players around that aren't getting in the team. Well, I mean, one of our listeners, Greg, will know. That's but it. Apparently, the the ginger Ramos is playing for Hamburg at the moment. Who's a Scottish player who was at Rangers. The ginger Ramos. Yeah, he's actually known <laughs> on Twitter as the ginger Ramos. So I mean, talking about Spanish players. Yeah. Do you think we could get someone in like that? No, I think. I mean, this is this is a big thing. I, I when I did put the tweet out, we did get uh, a response actually from go. basically Puyol. If that's you, Carlos, cheers for tweeting in. <laughs> Although I believe his name was Ben. So oh. uh, thank you thank you for your um, your opinion. Yeah, cheers, Ben. ben. Um, so give him a follow. Ben has said that he would take a punt on Jamie McLaren. So for those of you who don't know Jamie McLaren, he plays for Hibernian. He said, the dose of pace and clinical finishing we sometimes miss. Or Milan Juric, who plays for Salerno, which is in Serie B, and he um, has EFL experience with Bristol City and has strength and power that Kenny Jacket favours, both at the peak age. Now, first of all, Serie B, yep. we've got a bit of experience scouting those at the Italian leagues recently, haven't we? So we picked up a goalkeeper. We did. Um, the Is it Juric? Yeah. Yeah, the Croatian. That's it. Yeah, and he's That's finally it. here now. He's finally got his work permit. And That's it. Finally training with the lads, which is, is good. Um, is it Juric? I think so. Peter? Yeah, Peter yeah. Juric, which coincidentally we'd have Milan Juric <laughs> Peter Juric. But don't worry, Pompey fans. So... Once I had had this sort of opinion from Ben, I, I had to go and do the typically PO forecasting and go and get some stats. Yep, okay, Matt. Now, tell me tell me how many he's banged in, both of these guys. So, Perfect. <laughs> so, basically, with Jamie McLaren, last season, he yep. scored eight goals in 15 appearances. Decent, him, very so, decent. Yeah, not, not a bad return in the SPL. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably about the same standard as League One Championship <laughs> Football. Yeah, yeah. Between the two, I reckon, which is probably where we are now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this season, not so... Okay. Wizardry, so he's made... Seven, seven goals? No, no. Unfortunately, 12 appearances, one goal. Okay. So, interesting. I mean, obviously, he can score goals. I don't really know enough about him to whether his goals have dried up due to injury or he's not played as often those 12 appearances might have been you know coming on in the 85th minute put weight on due to the Scottish diet 
possibly plenty of haggis over the Christmas period or something. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the deal would be with Hibbs letting him come, whether they would look to maybe loan him out to get some more goals and sort of... I like the, I like the pace and power, though. The pace and power? Yeah, no, I agree with that, yeah. 100%. I mean, and, and it's what everyone has been saying they want down at Pompey's. So yeah, precisely. But Jurich, on the other hand, well, I mean, Ben... I, I don't know he might know seen. something that we don't know. This is put that out there. And let us know, Ben, if, if this yeah, is the case. Yeah, please tweet us up. But he's, uh, he doesn't seem to really know where the net is. So he's had 14 Serie B performances season yep. and no goals. Right. And uh, he had three championship goals in his whole career at Bristol City. So people who are annoyed at Hawkins for not scoring enough <laughs> yeah. might get a little bit frustrated. Definitely, I think this guy might frustrate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think now looking back on it, I do remember Jurich actually last season. I think he came on in the Carling Cup for them against United or something. Mm. Um, he is a big lad. He's quite tall and quite powerful. But yeah, I think he's more of a another Hawkins. I think he's going to be mm. more of a sort of creative player, bring players into play and not really score. And that's what we're yeah. missing. We need a goal scorer massively. That's it. So thanks for, for your thoughts, Ben. And, and if this is something that we're just presuming that they're not great goal scorers and you know something else, then tweet us back up at PO Forecast. Yeah, let us know. definitely. And anybody else who has any thoughts or opinions on who they would like Pompey to, to have a go at this season, or in January anyway, in the transfer window, just tweet us up at PO Forecast and let us know. But whoever it is, Kenny... Get yourself out there. Yeah, big And time. get someone. As we were saying last week, pick up the phone. Just yeah, pick up, the phone. pick up that phone. And a little bit of just quick evening news. Um, I don't know how true this is. Grabbed it off the Pompey fan page on Facebook. Uh, according to Jordan Cross from the news, Pompey have former Burton Albion and Nottingham Forest goalkeeper Dimitar Evtimov on trial, who will come in to fill the void for the injured Luke McGee. About to say, have they not realised that McGilvery has signed a new contract? Yeah. Have, haven't cancelled it. <laughs> like you're supposed to go for a haircut or something else like that, or a doctor's appointment, and then see something better comes up, and you just don't go along. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think there's no harm in adding another goalkeeper to the squad. No, no. You know, Alex Bass. Poor old Alex Bass. Yeah, I know. He's come back and he's come forward. He's stepped in now and again when we've needed him. Well, I think he looks good whenever he's come in. Yeah. I'm really mean, good. I'm a, good, I'm a big fan I'm of him. I'm a big fan, yeah. And I mean, he's not done bad out on his loan spell this season. No. So, I'm a bit guided for him. But, I mean, maybe they feel that we need an experienced goalkeeper. Is Luke McGee on his way out? Potentially. Potentially, this injury could have been the last draw for, for Luke. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Anyone has any idea? Let us know. Yeah. Give us some inside uh, secrets. Someone seen him like leaving the training ground or not turning up or eating chips somewhere up north. So before we we sort of close out part two, just want to know from my co-host sitting next to me here. Here we go. What is it? What do you think? What ultimately? What? <clears throat> who would be your ideal player to bring into the club January striker wise? What? What? I mean, it's such a tough one, isn't it? Because you look, you look at it and you think, right, what we got is that works well in the team is Hawkins, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He, he provides goals for the, the, the other people and allows us to play in a certain way. Yeah. But the only downside is just being that extra clinical yeah. finishing. So you think, right, we've got to go out and get someone who has that clinical edge to play in a different way so you almost want some a different skill set to what we've got yeah I think I agree on that sense I think with Pittman for instance at the moment he hasn't got the the edge that we need that Hawkins doesn't have either I think he's a Hawkins light yeah Hawkins (laughs) light I love that yeah like a weak American beer yeah (laughs) 
I'm sure Brett will be delighted <laughs> to hear you summing that one up. Do you know what I'm saying at the moment? Yeah, just no, just, no, just no, from performance, watching him, he's not, not quite winning the aerial battles, not quite. So I think we need to bring a striker in. Now, you know what my feeling was about the guys from Cholton? Cholton? Yeah, originally. Refresh my brain. So we had... Um, Obviously, I've just forgotten now as well. Lyle Taylor. Yeah. I Lyle think Taylor Lyle Taylor. Yeah, I think Lyle Taylor would have been perfect then as a striker. I mean, he's perfect, pompy shithousery, isn't he? I mean, the guy yeah. knows how to, to draw a foul and have yeah. a sneaky look before rolling around. But he time. also is quick. He gets on the back of defenders. He's got pace. He can score. He can set players up. He's not selfish on the ball. He would fit really well up front. You're right. Take, imagine this, yeah? Imagine Lyle Taylor playing with Jamal Lowe. And Ronan yeah. Curtis. Yeah. My one concern on that basis, though, mate, is Charlton are making a complete surge towards Yeah, us. you asked me ideally. Yeah, no, not ideally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, ideally, yeah. I mean, ideally, I'd love Messi, but... Yeah. You know, reality strikes <laughs> Would over. you? I don't think I would. He's not going to lead the line. <laughs> well, <laughs> you want to know who goes up front? <laughs> you want to stick <laughs> Messi? Coming off of Portsmouth, Hawkins, replaced <laughs> by Messi. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying about a different different. I don't striker. think I don't think we could play like that. No, I don't right. think Messi would fit into the system. Yeah, right, mate, I think people you. would be complaining about him <laughs> <laughs> on Express FM. Well, it would be typically Pompey, wouldn't it? <laughs> Doom and gloom. Messi comes to Pompey. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that, that's part two for me. That's part. Filippo Inzaghi. Yeah, classic, mate. Although, I mean, it's a shame because the 30-year-old Gonzalo Higuain's just shot off to Chelsea. That would have been an option. I heard Kenny was sniffing around. Higuain? Yeah, that's it, mate. (laughs) He didn't want to come to us. They were too cultured. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he'd heard from the AC Milan lads that the changing rooms was too small and, you know, that's why they couldn't play proper football there. In a serious, on a serious note... I think we need someone who can play up front, who adds a bit of pace, who knows where the net is. I'm going to stick my neck out. I still think Mark McNulty is a good punt. Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, that's I, it, that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to go out and spend big. I'm not going to go out and spend big on a, on a player like, in my opinion, at the moment, like Lyle Taylor, someone like that who's going to cost us, you know, millions plus, million plus. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not going to do that now. If we get promoted next season. Yeah, hopefully this season, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we can look at spending a bit of money. But I mean, at, at the moment though, really, you just got to go out there and sign someone until we, until we probably get promoted to the championship, hopefully, at the end of this season. Because then you can actually go out and, and spend that sort of money when you know where you're going to be. Uh, but until then, I think Kenny's going to look at utilising someone who's scored some goals previously, um, adds a different dynamic, but without going out and spending that sort of money. So, you know, that's what my thoughts are. And I think they... You know, that's that's it. That's what Kenny's actually going to do. So, it'd be interesting to see if he actually does go out. If he goes out and spends that sort of money, and I'm wrong, I'll be happy as Larry. But, well, cautiously happy. But until then, I think he's going to go out and try and get someone in to make an impact, and then look maybe in the summer at spending that sort of big money. But anyway, that's enough now. We've spoken loads on part two, so let's let's get on with it. Let's play some jingle, then let's roll back into part three, and let's get on with Oxford and, re- and previewing that game. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast, and. Well, it was a tricky game against Blackpool. It's our time to bounce back, people, because we are playing the pathetic Oxford. Yeah, they've been so slow this season, haven't they? They from, from are pretty much first day of the season. They awful, been awful. So we'll crack on, I suppose. 
Hey. hey, early pun already, so we'll get into that in a minute. Quick little sort of overview of Oxford. Their leading goal, goal scorer, even, is the ever-dangerous James Henry. He's like their only player, pretty much, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. He scored 11 goals for them this season. Nice. Four assists. So, you know, he's good from set pieces as well. He is. Um, so, it's something we need to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, that's um, right. Don't give away a silly free kick. That's it, yeah. I mean, hopefully it's something we'll be able to defend if we need to, but hopefully the ball will be up their end more than it will be ours, to not worry about it. Marcus Brown follows on six goals. And then the now ever-famous Gavin White. Ireland's favourite player. Northern correct, Ireland, even. Correctly named White, um, has also scored six goals. So if any of you have been hiding beneath a rock the last couple of days, Gavin White has come out um, today and apologised for pleasuring himself in public aka Belfast City Centre while he was attending an award ceremony was it for League One's best player? Uh, no no I think it was possibly like Northern Ireland's worst player I don't really know too well, much honestly. what I do know is is that you know saying in the politest ma- manner as possible he's been found pleasuring himself whilst walking down the road with his mate with his mate <laughs> hey bros over hose yeah, mate. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean I don't really know if me and you were going to walk around Norwich tugging one out of Villa City Centre no but, but, but don't worry because when this sort of thing happens you can always rely on the club to come in with a firm hand and, say, <laughs> and take firm action on the player so Oxford manager Carl Robinson has come out and he said right don't you worry, because he's going to be internally disciplined by the club. Yeah, so by probably <laughs> making him smash out five in a row or something. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, though, back onto the <laughs> football chat. Well, just quickly on that as well. Just, right. um, so obviously the club are going to internally discipline him, um, which I don't know if that means he won't be making an appearance on Saturday or not, but also Northern Irish Police have said they will be conducting an investigation as well. There's so, a video, isn't there? Yeah, there is a video. Apparently, they look good, really. No, mate. but when I actually didn't bother watching it, to be honest. No, I mean, I don't mean the video. I mean, the whole situation. I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't really looking at the video and providing analysis. I'm not really good at Whatever you get your thrills from, mate. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. But so, I, what I'm saying, though, is, is that basically... It doesn't look good for him as a player. Apparently, to stick up for him slightly here, it, it apparently he's very out of character. Apparently, he's very, very quiet, um, yeah. chilled out, conservative, like nice boy. Um, but he got too drunk. And yeah. kids, this is what happens if you drink too much. So get a holiday in when you go to football next time and have an espresso machine in there and you'll be fine. That's it. That's it. Don't, <laughs> don't make a twat out of yourself in front of camera. And if you are going to do it, don't video yourself. So yeah, so off the pitch, not so good for Oxford, and on the pitch, not as good either, really, to be honest with you. They are terrible. So they are sitting in 21st here in League One. As I said, it's been a pretty slow start for them. Six games won all season, they've drawn nine and lost 12. How painful is that? We're talking about the Blackpool one. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty painful. I'll be honest, when Carl Robinson came in last season, I know they were sort of down that end of the table last season, but I thought... You know, with his experience, he'd, he'd done, you know, quite a good job where he'd been previously at Charlton, I think, or MK Dons, wherever he'd been. Dons, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I thought he, he might bring them, you know, sort of back to that sort of Oxford. Top of the, like, sort of um, top, top, top half the table, yeah. I was thinking, yeah. But um, it's just not happened for them. And 
I would probably put a lot down to that to the manager that actually Robinson succeeded in the players that he brought into the club. You know, they, I mean, it's really unfortunate. They're, they're kind of not really quality enough for, for this league, I don't think. They need and a striker desperately. They do. Because, yeah. you know, they've got, they got um, Henry, but he's actually a he's, midfielder. Yeah, he's a midfielder. Yeah. They haven't got anyone who's, who's putting the ball in the back of the net for yeah. them. And I mean, their their second top goal scorer, why? I mean, he's a winger as well. So, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't bode well for them. Um, although, I suppose for a plus on them, we never tend to do that well at the Kazam Kazam Stadium. Uh, so we haven't won there since 2014 when we stole a 1-0 win. Um, and our last outing there last season, early in the season, was a, a quite a devastating 3-0 loss to them. Mm. Um, Robinson hadn't taken over, but then obviously the last previous two home fixtures, we've um, given them a good... Thank <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was it? 4-1. Four? Four for one earlier in the season good result um, I mean this is a team that the team Pompey our squad we know we can beat them you know, we absolutely smashed them at Fratton Park and you, you've just got to look at that and they're going to go there with confidence and go right we need to bounce back from this dreadful Blackpool whatever you want to call it mishap game mm-hmm. and they're going to go right do you know what let's look on who we've got next Oxford sorted let's smash them at their place because they're not playing with any confidence it doesn't matter about this the record we've got at Oxford they're not the same team as they were they're not hard to play against they've got nothing going forward you know Plymouth at the same time look like they'd be a a tougher a much tougher trip at the moment than going down to going down to Oxford so shouldn't be worried about it let's just go down and do professional well up there do a professional job I know the tickets sold out very quickly didn't they to go to Oxford really quickly really was it the first hour yeah under the first 40 minutes so you know the fans are going to go there make a lot of noise I think we're going to come off with a a fairly decent result I'm not worried about this game at all Matt you no, no. I mean, just some quick injury news. Uh, Nathan Thompson, Lee Brown, Ben Close and Roddy Hawkins are all going to miss the trip. So that's a fair chunk of the squad, isn't it? So it'll be interesting to see if some of the new boys fit in midfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping Morris comes in. I think, you know, we've signed him for a reason. Get him in the squad. Let Gareth get back into position he works in. There's no reason that Andy Cannon can't come on and freshen up legs when we need to. I mean, Gareth Evans has come off loads this season, you know, yeah. towards the end of games. So... You know, I don't think there's anything to worry about in that sense. I just think we tried it last week. It hasn't worked. Let's get back to the way that we normally play. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Hawkins is going to be another big miss again for us, you know, and whether Pittman can pull out a game like he did away at Fleetwood and, and hopefully get us a couple of goals, maybe. Hughes' uh, face doesn't look so... Um, I mean, I'm not promised about it, but at the same time, it's Oxford. I yeah. could play up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool, mate, you know. Maybe we can toss some balls up to you and see how it goes. Give us a call, Kenny. Yeah, there you go, mate. There we go. Um, so, yeah, on, on that basis, uh, prediction time. Matt, go for it. I'm confident we're going to get the win. I'm not so confident that it's a ground that we normally go to and get a massive result. So I'm going to go for the 1-0. Okay. And I am going to say that Gareth Evans is going to get the goal. He's going to bounce back from... Probably one of his worst performances last weekend. Um, I remember, or you even said on the, on the Express FM interview that he said that he was devastated after the Gillingham game, and you know him and a few of the other lads had to to pull the squad back together and get that motivation. So he strikes me as the sort of player that that would have really hurt. You know, 
he's been wearing the armband this season. He's going to want to get the boys back on track. 1-0, Pompey, Gareth Evans. Well, I mean, I can't agree more about the Gareth Evans thing, Matt. You've taken the words out of my mouth. Gareth <laughs> Evans, he's going to score a brace. It's going to be 4-0 Pompey. Two Gareth goals from Gareth Evans. One from Ronan Curtis. And the fourth goal is, of course, going to come from Anton Walks. Anton Walks, yeah. Yeah. So, 4-0. Let's bounce back in style. Let's show the league who we are, what we're made of. And I can see the interviews now after the game. What a dreadful game that was last week. Let's put some spirit back in the team. 4-0 Pompey. It's definitely doable. Oxford are a woeful team. Yeah. Um, we put four past them already. Not <clears throat> Absolutely not worried about them. So, yeah. Let's hope that my prediction's right rather than Matt's. Although, <laughs> if Matt's is right, that's all good. Well, that'll take the win. That'll be um, two away fixtures predicted on the bounce for me if we win one now. If we can put five past Fleetwood, we can put four past Oxford. Oh, there's no reason yeah. not to. I just think there's a little bit of delicacy there at the moment. That's all I'm saying. And I think maybe just taking the result would be better than trying to go out for a 5-0. But, I mean, if the game opens up and, and we can go on and score more, then... You know, that's what I'm hoping for. Floodgates are opening. Let's hope so. Let's really, really hope so. So, what we what we really need as well is a, is a Luton loss as well. Um, and I mean Charlton, you know, who have been creeping up. They've got a tough game at home to Accrington. Luton have got a really tough home fixture against Peterborough United. Um, and the Sunderland. Are away at Scunthorpe, so that should really be three pointer for them. Yeah. Not such a tough fixture, though. I mean, Scunthorpe's never easy to go to, but they're not playing well this season. They're not playing well this season. No. Not definitely not the the playoff team that they were last year. So there's some interesting fixtures. Hopefully, we can um, you know get some results go away and we can run away with a four 0 like Hugh said. But ultimately, I'll take the one 0 as well. Yeah. So all right, probably fans. So thanks for listening. Give us a shout. Uh, tweet us any ideas at PO Forecast. Follow us uh, at Pompey News now, at Park Drop UK, at MCORIC87. Uh, and until next time, play at Pompey. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing